Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Laricchia, and this is episode number 219 of the podcast. It's the 18th of March, 2020, as I record this intro. Now, this week, Anna Brown and I talk about spending time at home with your kids. We are living in unprecedented times right now, and I've had a number of unschooling parents contact me in the last few days because they're getting questions from people in their circles who've either found themselves thrust unexpectedly into the homeschooling world or are homeschooling and unschooling parents following recommendations for social distancing and self-isolation who find themselves staying home with their kids for the next few weeks. These are great questions, and I thought it might be helpful to have that conversation on the podcast so that it's available for anyone to both listen and share. And Anna was more than happy to chat with me about it all. (laughs) Although I typically stay very unschooling focused on this podcast, I wanted to open things up this week and talk more generally about the possibilities for any parents who find themselves at home with the kids for the next while as a safety measure to minimize the spread of the virus. You'll also find links in the show notes to a couple of instances I've come across online. And please feel free to add ideas or links to things in the comments. We can create a fun virtual brainstorming spot for parents to come to when they're looking for ideas. And before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. And a big welcome to new patron, David Amanio. Hi, David. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend this time creating episodes every week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's get to my conversation with Anna. Welcome. I'm Pam Laricchia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Anna Brown. Hi, Anna. Hello. So it is really an unprecedented time right now around the world with countries responding to the spread of the coronavirus, COVID-19. And more and more countries have closed schools, public spaces, rec programs, and have asked people to stay at home, only leaving the house when necessary. So this means that homeschooling and unschooling families are no longer able to go to their usual places and programs, and that many families whose children are usually in school have unexpectedly found themselves spending their days at home with their kids. Now, I know on this podcast, we typically talk about, well, specifically talk about the unschooling lifestyle, but this week, Anna and I wanted to open things up and talk more generally about the possibilities for any parents who find themselves at home with their kids for the next while. And remember, it's as a safety measure to minimize the spread of the virus. So to get us started, let's acknowledge the challenge and the stress of the situation. I mean, that's a big thing to be able to do 
upfront is to, you know, really understand for ourselves that it is a stressful time for everyone involved, isn't it? Right. And I think sometimes um, for kids, especially depending on their age, but really all ages, even up to our grown children, you know, it's going to express in some different ways. So it may not seem that they're outwardly stressed. Um, and so it may be that they want to kind of be closer or they want to be side by side and then things will bubble up in conversations. And so leaving space for that, I think is really important. Just those kind of side by side conversations where even if you're just hanging out doing, you know, one's reading the paper, one's playing a game, whatever, but to be there so that those conversation points can bubble up and, you know, if announcements come across to be there and things like that. And, um, and then some of you may have children who, you know, are feeling very and expressing a lot of anxiety about it. And so I think that's just that time to, you know, validate and, and to breathe and to maybe give some tools of, you know, breathing and meditating and just connecting and bringing everybody back to the moment. I think that can really help. And um, I just feel like it's just to be aware that even though we may not realize it, it is stressful for them, this peace and worry of the unknown, but also the change of the routine can be difficult for children. Yeah. So do you want yeah. me to keep talking or do you want to step in? Because I'm thinking, oh, this <laughs> Well, I was, I wanted to pop in and say to acknowledge too, that it's, it's the same for us, right? Like you're saying, you know, we, we are feeling stressed. The uncertainty is, is palpable in the situation, right? Um, so to be able to not only be, give our kids that space and that just acknowledgement, um, that validation that yes, this is hard. Our schedules are changing up so much um, uncertainty and change and just all that stress to give ourselves that moment to be able to work through that too, right? Because our kids can pick that up in us and that can add to the weight that they're feeling about the situation as well. So it is really important to take that moment um, to, to figure out ways that we can move through it. You know, or else we're just going to be stressing each other out with each, you know, interaction. We're going to be coming up against each other because they're going to be feeling our stress. So they're going to be acting more stressed and then we're going to react to that. And it's just going to snowball into more and more difficult situations. And so I think taking that, whether it's breathing for us, whether it's thinking through things and realizing, you know, for many of us, it's not personal um, welfare so much um, as it is something that we're doing for our society, for our neighborhood, for the people in our lives right now to try and slow down the spread. So to remember that these are good and helpful things that we're doing, remembering that we're making really great choices by doing this and by participating in this self-isolation, you know, that can really help to just shift our outlook a little bit so we can come more open, really, right? Instead of being closed off with everything running through our heads, we can come more open into each moment that we're having with our kids. Right. And I think it's, um, and we talk about this in a lot of different, you know, pieces of the podcast and different things, but, but we really do set the tone, you know, and I think so it helps for us to get, 
kind of ourselves straight. And so that may mean going to friends or spouses to kind of work through our anxiety or pieces about it if we're having that. And then to really be able to find that kind of joy in the present moment and making some memories and things that we'll talk about a little bit further. Um, But I think we did just really want to say, let's acknowledge, you know, this piece first. Like, I think that's the first step is acknowledging that it's, there's some uncertainty, that there's some changes. You know, we have moved my mom out with us. She lives in town and we're out in the country. So we've moved her in with us. Just, I wanted her closer and to, you know, know, and she's, 86 and in the vulnerable population. And so that felt better to us. And so, but that's a change for us to have her in the house. And, you know, so just acknowledging that there's some new things going on and, and, and that sometimes that can be upsetting to people or just, again, just that validation and acknowledgement is so important and to not brush over those pieces because that's that first step of connection is being heard and seen. And so that's that, that's why we wanted to kind of start with that piece. Yeah, yeah. And and not only all the uncertainty around that, just the literal disruption of our schedules, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Our days are looking completely different all of a sudden. So that's going to throw things off for everybody as well. Um, Well, and and for the people in school, just quickly along those same lines, because I think sometimes... um, you know, there's this piece of, oh, they're out of school and there's lots of fun things to do. And there are, but, but I know from some of the um, friends that we have that are in school, this was also the start of spring sports. So they were really excited about their spring sports and that's now been canceled and postponed. And, you know, some that were seniors that their graduation's coming up and what did that, that going to look like? And this was their last couple months. And so there's just a lot of, you know, again, loss and uncertainty and those things might seem like little things in the face of a pandemic, but they're not, they're really big. And so we just need to acknowledge like wherever somebody is that, yeah, that's a loss. You wanted that lacrosse game to be this weekend and it's not, And I know that that sucks, you know, and so it's just being able to kind of acknowledge everybody where they are, you know, of course it's, yeah, not rank those, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, because it is important for our kids to feel heard when they're disappointed about those things, because that, that is their life, right? That's what they're living, that's their experiences, that's what they're looking forward to, So not trying to minimize that on them, but to talk through it with them, right? Just so they know that you care and that you've heard um, what they're they're upset about or frustrated about or whatever it is. That's a great place to start with your relationship, which leads us nicely into the next thing we wanted to talk about is to take this time to embrace relationships over the idea of productivity. I think that was kind of the word that came to mind when I was thinking about it, because this is a disruptive time, a very disruptive time. It's not business as usual. So, you know, to try and stay on that same tack, you know, that productivity tack, we're going to get our work done. We're going to, you know, if they were in school, we're going to get that schoolwork or homework or whatever, if there's anything um, that was sent home from the schools, et cetera, you know, to try and put that focus. But understand that we're all feeling so discombobulated, right, to to try and stick to uh, that more normal schedule can be super hard and and will be will make things even more stressful, I think. So in taking this time to embrace relationships instead, 
I think will go so much further um, to the peace in your home over that time, right? Right, absolutely. And I think just that, I think you'll find as parents that that's going to feel better to you too. Because I think if we stay in that kind of amped up, we've got to get things done. Now, what are we going to do? And how are we going to do this? It's just kind of layers this whole different stress over it. And I think when you focus on, we're going to stay connected, we're in this together, prioritizing that relationship, those other pieces will fall into place. And, you know, one of the things we just want to talk about is there, there is some time here, you know, we don't have to, everything doesn't have to be done in one second. It doesn't have to be done, you know, this specific routine every single day, you know, work together to find out like, how does this feel and how can we do these things? Because I know that some of these kids coming home do have assignments from school, some online stuff, some things that were sent back, but you know, there's no I don't feel like there's one way to get that done. So work together to figure out how that feels good. And I think as you stay connected with that relationship, it'll make the days easier because, you know, we're hearing some feedback of this is stressful and there's conflict and there's, you know, some things going on. But, you know, when you focus in on that relationship first and those connections, all those other pieces will work out. You'll solve those together. And and I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that's that's something in our experience that, that has worked out really well. You will see when you start focusing on that relationship and that connection and being together um, more like in the moment of what's going on versus trying to control where the moments go, you will start to see how much your kids learn in those moments, you know, alongside anything else that that you feel you come in and you have to do. And I mean, that, that again is a question, right? Whether or not it's, it's a have to or, or suggested, but another piece that can be so valuable about this time is you're going to see your kids learn so much about day-to-day life. That's really valuable too. They're going to be learning so much about themselves in this time because now all of a sudden they have time to have conversations. They have time to choose to do um, the things that they enjoy and dive into them a little bit more than they would typically have the opportunity to do, right? And when you realize that we have this time at our disposal and instead of trying to control it, see where it flows, we've seen time and time again, haven't we, Anna, just the fun and magical places that it goes when you leave that space open, right? Every time, you know, (laughs) I feel like every time and it goes in places that you don't suspect. And, you know, I think that first piece is just setting aside expectation because again, everybody's going to deal with this situation differently. And you may have someone that wants to just be outside. And, you know, if you live in a space where that's possible and wants to read a book or play a game, you know, we're, I was just telling Pam, we're super excited about Animal Crossing coming out in a few days so that we could, that was kind of, you know, my kids are older now, but um, we played that when they were young. And so Raylan was telling me, oh, we're going to each be able to have our own character on the island. And so super excited. So, you know, it it could look a whole bunch of different ways, but, and that may seem, oh, well, you're playing a game and whatever, but what you'll find with any of those activities is all these webs that come out, all these different paths that open up conversations and 
and just thoughts and who they are and how they're processing things. And, and that time is so valuable. And so just giving a little bit of space there and letting that unfold, I think you'll see it takes in some cool directions. And I think one of the things that we can get caught up in is that need to control or guide or make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing or, you know, this and that. But what we found over and over again is when you do step back and let that unfold and kind of work together in this different way, they'll lead you to places that you didn't even know existed that amazing discoveries and insights and kind of things where you'll be scratching your head going, where did that come from? You know, but we have to give space for that. You know, we have to step back sometimes for that to be able to come forward and, you know, set aside some of our needs to control and guide. And, and in fairness, I get it. You know, when we're, especially when we're in a stressful situation, it can be, taking over control, you know, like I want to control everything I can because I feel like a lot of these other things are out of control. Yeah. But this is an opportunity where as a family and as siblings, relationships where we can, you know, take that extra second, that just that little bit of pause to say, "Hmm, am I trying to control this situation here with my family? And because of this other stuff being outside of control. And so then Again, I think you'll just see things unfold in a really fun way and new conversations that you may not normally have time for, you know, because it's go, 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 busy, busy, busy. So, you know, that is a gift of this kind of global slowdown that I'm going to focus on because there's a lot of stressful pieces about it. But I feel like this slowdown and coming into the present moment and being with the people in front of you, you know, I mean, that can be a beautiful gift. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I wanted to, you know, emphasize again, you mentioned um, without expectations, right? I think that's such a cool piece, an important piece. And what you'll notice, you know, when we're talking about as our kids kind of lead us through the things that they enjoy doing, something I think you'll find that's really cool is if you're, you know, actually paying attention, which is the part of doing the processing so you're not really spending the whole time ruminating and just paying lip service to the relationship. And <laughs> I've been there. I know I know that happens. That's why I say it's worth taking that moment to, you know, get out of that headspace for a bit and really connect. But I think what you'll find too is when you see your kids doing the things they love to do, you're going to see them applying so many of the skills that they've learned to real life things and strengthening them that way. You know, like if they're playing video games and stuff, you'll see them using numbers as they're figuring things out, right? Um, You'll see them reading the game stuff. You'll see them reading conversations if they're playing online games. You know, all these skills that we kind of, you know, with school, we worry about the skill itself, but this is an opportunity to just put those skills that they have into action and strengthen them through doing the things that they enjoy. So I think that's a really fun observation for me. And I think that's something that people are going to see. And this opportunity to just embrace relationships, to be patient with each other, to have conversations with each other, to strengthen our connections by, you know, being on the same level with them, right? I just, I picture, 
getting down on my knees. I remember when my kids were younger, you know, face-to-face, eye-level conversations that really just show our conditional love and our care for them and our respect for them as a human being. I think that goes such a long way. I think something I would love to see come out of this is because I I told my daughter who's 20, I said, this is something you're going to remember. You know, when you're 50, you're going to say there was this crazy time that either, you know, and we don't know how it's going to turn out, but no matter what already what's happened today, you know, is going to be this memory. But what I would love to see, especially for younger kids is this memory they take is this memory of this cool time they had with their family that, you know, we had this weird thing happening and we had fun and played games and laughed and just enjoyed each other. And and wouldn't it be cool if all these kids came forward with that memory instead of like stress and trauma, which is certainly an option as well. So no, exactly. And then that leads so nicely to that next point that we want to talk about, which is letting kids be themselves, right? So this is a time when, when we can appreciate them, when they can feel like they were cared for, that they had fun, that they're making great memories because we're not trying to control them. We're not trying to bend them to our expectations. We're letting them be themselves. And we can, as parents, be really curious to learn more about our kids. You know, this is also an opportunity for us to learn more, to learn more about their likes, their dislikes, their personalities, you know, just all those little pieces of them so that we can understand them more deeply and we can have conversations with them too. So they also come to understand us, you know, a little bit better, right? When we're being open and sharing those pieces, instead of trying to direct them, sharing them and seeing where they flow. I, mean, I think something that's really interesting about this particular situation is that, so, you know, you might think, oh, it's kind of like a summer break mentality. The kids are doing whatever, but it's really not because what's very different about this is actually the parents are needing to slow down too. Yes. So the parents, many aren't going to work. They're not going to other activities. They're not doing whatever. So it really, that is very different. And I think it lends to what you just said, like this is a time where we can be really just being together and having fun and creating relationships, creating memories, all of these pieces, because it is such an unusual thing that may or may never happen again, you know, where we're all really needing to stay put and to not be, you know, going out to different things and, and all of that. So it is such a unique opportunity. And I think for me personally, I just want to make sure that I'm, I don't know, mindful of that and making and creating it to be as joyful as I can in the moment, because that's really all we can do is kind of tend to our own personal moment of it. And like you said, we're making these choices to isolate and to do because of the, you know, because of vulnerable populations and because of our larger community. And so I just think that can be a really beautiful thing for us to do, even though we don't know how that's going to turn out, but we know that that's, you know, can help right now. Yeah. And I find like, like you, my kids are all in their twenties now and it, but it, it, it's a time where we're all seeking more connection, right? Because of the uncertainties out there. You know, I have a daughter living in New York city, um, you know, just making that time and space for those conversations to happen for them to flow where they go, you know, instead of trying to, maybe cut them short or take them in any particular direction I want to, 
you know, that it's all about supporting each other. And I mean, they're listening to me too, right? And, and hearing my thoughts and what I'm feeling. And I'm learning so much from them. You know, they're really great conversations. So I, wanna, I wanted to talk a little bit about just ways, you know, maybe people aren't so comfortable uh, or so used to spending so much time. So I thought we could mention a couple of things. For me, one of the big things is, like I was talking about before, um, just getting on the same level with your child and just mm-hmm. engaging, actually engaging with them. Let them direct the play. What would they like to do? Um, and, right. and actually um, exploring their interests with them. Just be there with them. Right. If they're watching YouTube videos, you know, what what do you like about that? Laugh along with them. Find out what it is about the video that they're enjoying. Right. Um, You can even even if they're not into conversations like that, you can see their reactions. You can see when they smile. You can see when they laugh. You can bring more of those kind of things that you're now learning they enjoy into their life. Right. Um, you can you can try and play some video games with them. You can read books. You know, we're going to brainstorm some ideas later. But the point is to to take some time to actually engage and do things with them. It's not the parents do the parent thing and the kids do the kid thing, um, but try to join them, right, and, and have those moments together. That's where you're going to start to build um, more connection, a bit strong, stronger relationships, and the important time now, especially during stressful times, is that becomes an open kind of communication line where they have the opportunity to talk to you as well, right? Right. And, and again, I think it's just the gift of time, you know, that we maybe don't have in our everyday lives when we're going, 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 where we can learn about the new video game that they're playing or hear about that. And, and they can be processing things that have happened at school or things that, you know, are coming up in their lives or things that, again, we may just be rushing through you know, it, this gives us a time to slow down and have those conversations and learn a little bit more about each other and, and them about you as well. And, and yeah, that's definitely the gift of it. Yeah, I, I thought this might be a good time to mention too. Some people, some parents who are at home are also are working from home as well. Right. So, you know, if you find yourself in that situation, giving your kids a space to engage in the things that they really enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. That's actually, I think, often going to make it's easier for you to be able to work right. with them as well because you're getting the work done that you need. They're having fun doing the stuff that they need to do. They're not going to, you know, feel the need as much to come and interrupt or need you for right. this, that, and the other thing. If you set them up with the stuff that they enjoy, then you have more space to do your work as well. And then you can, when you're done, you can go join them and engage together and come back back together. It's really great. So I think it's really important, you know, to acknowledge that as well and to, to realize, you know, it is great and, and good, solid to have fun as your goal right now. Right. Yeah. Fun is the goal. I love that. And I think again, just, and and if you're working from home and depending on the age of your kids, 
I think it could be helpful to realize that kind of periodic check-ins are helpful because if you haven't had this experience before and, you know, where you have these long stretches with kids of different ages, but, um, you know, what we've found is just that periodic check-in. We may be both doing separate things, which happens all the time in unschooling families and homeschooling families as well. But um, but it's that periodic check-in. Hey, this is what I've been doing. I had some crazy calls and some stuff I've had to do. And what have you been doing? And just, you know, that can just take a few minutes and then everybody can go back. But I think especially with kind of the uncertainty for everyone, that little the little love touch base is, yeah. is nice. That's a great day, point. Make that smoother, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to learning more about your child, right? Yes. Um, yes. You know, how, how often it, it can be an partially an age thing too, but some kids just like yes. more connection, need more frequent connection, right. Um, right. you know? So it's great to get a real feel for your child. The, not the expectations of any, you know, kind of typical thing that you've heard, but know your child, what it is that, that they need, what, what it is that helps them move through the day. So I think that's, that's a really great point. Yeah. And, and that there's no right or wrong with that. Like there's no, you know, some of us just need different things to feel comfortable. And that's just about learning each other as individuals. And you can think of it as adults, we learn that about each other, like what we need and what we don't. And so it's the same principle, you know, we're all going to have different needs and levels of connection and touching and, you know, play and all of those different things. And so this is a really great time to learn that about each other and kind of put that into practice, which will make those days be much more smooth, much more smooth. Yeah, yeah. Um, You mentioned earlier, now might be a good time to just talk a little bit about uh, sibling conflicts. Um, Yeah, well, Right. So I've just seen a couple things come across of they've been bickering since they woke up. So, and I guess normally they're off on, you know, to their separate class, you know, classes or schools or whatever. Um, So I just thought we'd touch on just a couple tools that we use um, over the years. And I think one of the and it kind of ties into what we just said with no expectation. So basically I'm just going to take really quickly. So you come into a situation where you have, you know, bickering children, you know, first of all, I check my energy, like bring my energy down because sometimes that can, you know, get me in a place like this where I'm stressed out. So I don't want to enter that situation like that. So I want to kind of center and and calm my energy. And I come in with no expectations, no judgment, which can be hard and is sometimes new for people to think about, wait, so I don't come in and say, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. I basically just ask like, wow, I can hear you guys are super upset, you know, what's going on and can you tell me what's happened? And it's, it's basically my role is facilitating the conversation. So sometimes when you have two kids and they're just, they're not hearing each other and they're both very angry, if we can calm that down and just kind of hear, okay, tell me what's going on. Okay. It sounds like this is what he's saying. You're saying this, no judgment, no taking sides, just helping them kind of figure it out. Sometimes it also means separating and then validating individually. Sometimes that works better to have them in separate rooms and kind of validate individually. You are so irritated at having to be home with your sister. You're really mad that he knocked your Legos down, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, you know, so it's like, you know, validating those individually. And what we found is when you can validate that behavior and that, that sentiment, even if it seems like kind of a, I hate my sister sentiment, 
when you can validate and hear that, they usually can just move right through it because we just all want to be heard and validated. So that's just, I mean, it's, it's honestly a magic tool when it comes to siblings. It's just hearing and validating, no judgment. Um, and I think just giving them that they'll kind of get used to that tool and that process. So I've got a couple other things, but you go, what, what do you think about siblings? Well, I mean, that was, that was a big thing for me too. I think the the no expectations, the no judgment is so useful because that, that gets you to that space where you can hear them. Like you don't want to be three people, you know, two siblings and a parent who nobody's listening to each other because they're all just trying to get the point across, right? Like you said, to get to that space where you can actually hear each other. And, and for us, for a number of years, it was much more useful individually, right? It wasn't something that we did all together as a group because, you know, they can hear some validation. But it's just, you know, understanding of, of the other perspective right? There, is, there isn't right and wrong and assigning blame because everybody feels that their perspective is right. And it, it is because it's their perspective, right? Like right there. It's true, you know? Um, but, and, and once that's acknowledged, they can start to understand the other perspective, right? They can start to, to hear, like you said, it's like magic in that, like these are stressful moments. Yeah. You know, it's not, ah, la, 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 la. you know, you don't want to leave that impression, but it is so important for people to feel, feel hurt. Like just think of yourself for a moment, you know, when you're upset about something for, you know, your spouse, your partner, your friend, for somebody to acknowledge that I see you're really stressed about that. I understand why you're upset about that. Oh, just imagine the weight that, that drops off, that you can literally feel dropping off, that somebody's heard you and seen you, right, in that, in right. that moment. So to be able to give Absolutely. that to your kids, and that's the, the wonderful thing now, is you have this gift of time to be able to do that, right? When you're trying to push through schedules and you've got to get here and you've got to do this and that, it's hard to be able to take that time to really hear each child and, and um, help them understand the situation in the bigger picture when they're ready for that and other ways, you know, brainstorming with them ways to move through it. The next time something similar happens, you know, giving them other tools or other possibilities to try and think about. You have this time now. So what a gift to be able to use some of that time to help with those inner, those are interpersonal skills that are going to be valuable for you and your kids for their whole lifetime, right? They're going to be engaging with other people throughout their lifetime. And there's going to be times when people see things differently. So, you know, to take this time to move through those with useful tools um, is, is, is such a gift, isn't it? 100%. And just another um, like quick kind of practical thing is halt, which, um, you know, so hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So a lot of times when you have something siblings going on, especially with younger kids, it's one of those things. And so, uh, you know, hungry is one of those things 
we went instantly to the snack. Like when things would start to get crazy, I'm like, let's have a snack. (laughs) And sometimes just that would shift the energy enough and make sure people are eating. And again, you have people that have different routines that are coming home to new routines. And so just making sure they're eating and hydrating and stuff is helpful. And, you know, angry is about what we talked about, not being heard and needing to kind of validate and get those feelings out. And lonely, you know, this is this is an issue because especially if you have kids that have come home from school, their friend sets are really kind of different. They may not be used to be having their sibling, you know, be with all the time during the day. And so it's understanding that it's lonely when you don't have your friends and or maybe your sibling doesn't want to play. And so it may just be that they're needing that engagement from you as a parent because that sibling's needing a break from little sibling or whatever the case might be. And then tired, you know, just when any of us are tired and if you combine all those things together, hungry and tired, not a good combination. So sometimes it's really just look to even those physical, physiological pieces um, can help you kind of get a handle of the situation. And then these tools that we're talking about of validating and hearing each other and, and, and being able to express your needs. So important. And, and I won't get too far in the weeds with this, but just looking at the needs versus the behaviors, you know, so we talk a lot about that. Um, the behavior you see up here is really just stemming from a need. So when you can get to that need, then that behavior kind of falls away. So you don't have to kind of punish or go after the behavior. You can really just say, what's happening here? And sometimes that need is, you know, hungry or needing a break. And sometimes that need is being heard. And sometimes that need is, you know, very physical. I want to play with this toy right now and I'm I'm needing this space to myself. And so kind of peeling back those layers, I think is just super helpful. And we have some other podcasts about that more in depth, but just to kind of put that out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll put a link to a couple of those in the show notes too. Okay. We'll talk more about parenting tools. That's great. And yeah, I love that. That reminded me that, you know, in those few, when my kids first came home from school, right, there was that, that period of time exactly where, you know, they were, there were more conflicts. And something that was really helpful for me was just having in my back pocket, metaphorical back pocket, some of um, my kids' favorite activities to do with me. Right. So when they couldn't find a way through in the moment, I could offer up an activity to one of them that I know typically they would really enjoy doing with me. So they're moving from something that they want to do to something that they really want to do. So it's it's a bit of a distraction, but also, you know, they really want to do it. Then it also releases the pressure. That's your moment where now you can have conversations and validation and, you know, uh, bring the snack you know, all that kind of stuff. So it it helps to diffuse the moment so that you can get from there into all the rest of the things. So thanks for reminding me. And that redirecting to engagement, you know, I think is so important because sometimes that those sibling conflicts are happening, you know, because we're busy doing something else and whatever. And sometimes it's just a cue for us. If you know what, we need to kind of dig in and engage here for a minute. And so maybe it's a game or it's let's make some cookies or let's do something fun outside, you know, um, that just changes that energy and reconnects everybody. And then they can go from that. Like kids are, are really usually very quick to be able to move on. Once they felt heard and validated and reconnected, 
they're able, they're a bit more resilient, I think, than adults who tend to harbor a little bit yeah. more of that. All that resentment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so just things like that, that just, you know, that chance to reconnect, to re-engage when things happen, as opposed to sometimes when we feel the conflict coming on, you know, we're kind of absorbing that into our body and it's pushing us away because it's uncomfortable and we don't want to hear it. And I can't believe this is happening again. And really it typically is a call to, to dig to in and reconnect and get closer. And if you can just get through that first kind of uncomfortable part, you find that that reconnection just refills everybody and refreshes that whole situation. Yeah. And we were talking about right, right up top how, you know, often the parent kind of sets the tone. If you find something I found, if my kids were having more and more conflicts, like often throughout the day, like every time they kind of got together, that was a clue for me, if possible, to make sure I was physically spending more time with them. Right. Because then I was there even before the conflict broke out to help with some redirection and tools that they can then use moving forward. Maybe not the next day, but, you know, over time, they start to see the clues when conflict may be building. They can catch it earlier and figure out different ways through it before before it comes to a head. So that absolutely, and and that's part of that gift of time. You know, when you're spending time with your kids, you can see maybe before they can some of these triggers or things that lead up to it. And and what we loved doing over the years was kind of learning that about each other, like, oh, okay, when you're feeling like that, it looks like maybe you're needing a little space and to step aside before it gets to a problem. And, you know, so my daughters were able to kind of self-regulate in that way, like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling uncomfortable here. I'm needing some space to recharge or I'm needing, you know, this different engagement. And so the gift of time really helps us kind of learn those things about ourselves. And, and, you know, some of us adults are still learning those things about like, how do we feel good in a situation? How, when does it get to be too much? When is it, you know, those kind of things. So, and I think this is an interesting piece of that, you know, for an introvert, this is like, Ooh, I've been training for this my whole life. As the meme says, you know, this is great. But, um, but my extroverted best friend is struggling, you know, this is really hard for her. And so it's understanding that in your kids, you're going to have different personalities. For one, they're like, I'm so glad to just have time with my book or my game or my whatever upstairs. And another one might be going, no, I'm normally talking to all my friends and doing all of this and may want a little bit more engagement. But again, it's this fun process of being able to learn about ourselves and about our kids and maybe a little bit different ways, things we knew, but maybe you're seeing them play out in a different way with this additional time. And you know what just popped to mind too, this, it can be such a great time for those sibling relationships because as they're learning you know, we're learning more about them. They're also learning more about each other too. And I found over time, you know, because they understood each other, like personality wise, but likes and dislikes as well, they could proactively, when they start to see those clues, you know, offer up something, hey, you know, if, if you know, you do this, I'll do this. And then, you know, we'll both be happy because they understand each other more. And, and this, again, going back to this time and, and seeing it through the lens of being a gift of a special time together, um, this, is, this is something that they will carry forward with them even when things get back into more 
typical routines, right? They will still have that understanding of each other. They will still have whatever they've learned about, you know, um, getting along together, processing conflict, moving through all that kind of stuff. This is knowledge and understanding they'll have and take with them forever. So, you know, it's really valuable to use this time now, right? Uh, Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. 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 All right. So, I wanted to get just to a bit of brainstorming, okay? Because it, it all makes sense, I think, for most people. What we've been talking about makes sense. But the implementation piece, the jumping piece, so like, how do I do this? What do we do? We're, we are all stuck at home, you know? Um, so, or at least in, you know, self-isolation. We'll talk about that a little bit. But the one thing yeah. we want to emphasize, like when we're brainstorming, this isn't to give you literal ideas. I mean, maybe some of these ideas will be useful and you'll take them and run with them. But the idea is to get your brainstorming juices flowing. We talked this whole time about how your children are individuals. They're all different. Uh, Your children are different than mine, than Anna's, you know, than other people's. What you want to do is think about your children in the context of these kinds of activities and try to come up with ones that are going to fit your family things that you enjoy doing as well, right? So it's not about being prescriptive as in giving you a list of things to work down, do all these things. Um, it's to get your brainstorming juices flowing and think about what connects with your kids, what might be fun for you guys. Um, yeah. Because you're going to have so many different, you know, types of personalities, more physical, more, you know, cerebral, more really kind of activists wanting to be involved in ways that, you know, in the community and wanting, you know, finding things like that. But yeah, so I do have some lists. And how about you? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just something fun that we enjoy doing were scavenger hunts. And what's cool about them is you can do them in the house or outside, you know, so you'd have like different spaces around the house and they run and, and, and it's not even about a big prize or whatever. It could be anything you're hiding, but it's just fun to have the scavenger hunt, it's, you know, outside if you have a space where you can do that and get some sun and some fresh air and run around. And if inside is just as great, so that's fun. And there's you know, things like Nerf battles and, you know, jumping rope and um, something if you have, you know, lot arts and crafts are fun and um, artist trading cards. They're called ATCs. They're really fun and you can Google and you'll find tons of stuff about them, but they're basically like baseball card size. So I'm holding up my fingers for those who are listening to the audio, <laughs> but so I don't know, maybe it's um, two by three or something. So pretty small. Um, but what's cool about that is it's not intimidating for people because it's this tiny little canvas. And so you can do, you know, drawing art on it. You can do um, shaving cream and dye makes these cool, really swirly ones that you dip in and do. So fun kind of crafts and things like that and are, you know, are really fun to think about. Um, but if you have that child who's really wanting to help, because, you know, I, I definitely had that child that was concerned about people and homeless people, you know, kind of plug into your community. I'm, I work for, um, volunteer for a food pantry and we are still functioning during all of this because we're trying to get food out to people. And we've had some young people come and want to help, you know, and so we've figured out ways to plug them in, but even making cards for nursing homes because they're not getting the visitors that they used to get and things like that. 
Um, you know, there's just so many fun, you know, make some Play-Doh, baking and it is a lot of fun for kids and that type of stuff and making jewelry. And, you know, there's just so many fun things like that. So what are your fun ideas? <laughs> well, I hopped onto the, the art side. And the one thing I wanted to mention too is um, it's, it can be fun to do it on your own and it can also be fun to find cool videos online back to your, your child as an individual. Which way would they like to go? Do they want to just kind of start with a blank canvas and go? Or would they like, you know, to, from Bob Ross videos, you know, to, to whatever. I know there's, there, one neat thing about this time is there's lots of places giving free access to, to yes. information, right? And there has always been, you know, um, museum walkthroughs and, and like yes, all of those art art museums as well as, you know, history museums, et cetera, with lots of free information um, online, lots of animal stuff. Um, but, you know, there, there's drawing, um, there, there is a painting, you mentioned the Play-Doh, so you can make your own Play-Doh, you know. Again, back to the time. You don't have to rush this. All of a sudden, you've got the time to play around. You can, for coloring, you know, you can get all sorts of coloring pages, online from really complex to, to more simpler ones, um, mazes to just think about the kinds of things that your child enjoys and you can put together a whole bunch of resources for that. For, uh, you know, most things that you have hanging around, artist trading cards are a great idea because then too they might want to be trading amongst themselves as well or sending them off places, you know, as little gifts. I thought that was a great idea. Um, then you've got your board and card games, right? I mean, you can pull you out those. pull pull out a cupboard full that you haven't played maybe in years or whatever, and now you have the time to try them out again, right? You may find a new favorite in there that you haven't played for ages, or maybe um, what occurred to me was new card games, right? You can yeah. search online and find a whole bunch of new card games, and it's like. Sometimes you'll see if your family prefers some routine to it. Maybe you make right. it into a project. Let's learn a new card game every day for the next week. Yep. Just see. You know, if, if, if it flops by day three, then, you know, you let it go. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it could be something to explore. And then it's like, oh, after breakfast, let's try out a new card game. And, you know, you found it. You got the instructions or whatever. Maybe you play with the instructions um, you know, kind of make it make it your own and play around with that, and it just goes as long as it goes. It could be an opportunity yeah. for those really long uh, marathon monopoly games, you know, something like that. Uh, yeah. Something else that came to right. settlers of Catan yeah. and yes. <laughs> risk. You know? Again, it all depends on the ages of your kids and the things yeah. they enjoy. What you've got around your house are typically things they enjoyed at some point or were interested in at some point too. So there's no reason why maybe, you know, it'll come up again. Maybe you'll be playing and it'll be a nice memory. Oh, I remember when we used to play this all the time. I'll have fun playing around of life, you know, stuff like that. Building forts is a great thing too. Oh, building forts. That's a fun one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to my daughter this morning and she's built a, you know, big fort around her bed now that she is 
self-isolating in her apartment. Um, yeah. You know, she thought that would just be fun. So she's got lights and blankets and sheets and stuff. So, and she's always loved forts and building forts. Yes. And I remember when my kids were younger, we had forts all over the place, you know? And so that's, that's creative fun. That's a place that they can, will enjoy hanging out for a while after, you know, they can have snacks in there, you know, maybe watch a movie, whatever. It's, it's like a whole new place for them. Uh, kind of a magical yeah. spot inside the house that they've created themselves. So that is lots of fun too. Right. And that just reminds me too, like even fun picnics, even if you're doing it in the living room or, you know, wherever that's fun. And if you have a yard that opens up, you know, other options for just it's spring in a lot of places. So exploring what's coming up in the grass, foraging, learning about the different things in your environment. There's birds going crazy here. And so that's a lot of fun. And, you know, even planting some seeds that they can watch get started and then they are going to grow even as things get later, you know, so that could be fun. But, but again, a lot of this you can do inside too. And it's, it's just, I think um, a picnic is kind of a great example, literally and metaphorically. It's just that take this idea and, and just make something fun and magical. Like lunch is lunch when it's at the table, but when it's a picnic spread out, even in the living room floor, you know, that just makes it kind of this magical fun. We never do this. We never eat in here. or We never do that kind of thing. And so those we are the kind of fun you. memories that yeah, I think stick yeah. with people. Exactly. You know, you've got sleeping bags and a pillow or blankets and a pillow. They can sleep in another room. They can have like a, yeah. uh, like almost like a sleepover party. Watch movies yeah. late, have popcorn. They can sleep where they are there. They don't have to sleep in their beds. It is. It's all kind of just being creative, being open to not having to do things the typical way. Um, I remember when my kids were first home, I would read. At that time, Harry Potter was out, so I was reading Harry Potter to them. Um, and it's not like you need them to sit. You're not just, you know, sit still and listen while I'm reading. Don't worry about that. They can be playing with their toys. They can be doing their thing and listening to you read. That is such a fun connecting time because I tell you, they hear. They're listening. And you know what? If they're not interested, they can go off and do other things. But it's a it's an opportunity now for us to do those kinds of things together, whether it's watching movies, maybe new movies, maybe favorite movies, right? Um, checking out TV shows, um, just doing those kind of community things together, playing video games. Back then, um, we were, as a family, into Mario Party. So we would have like family video game nights where we could all play together and have fun with that. You know, it's the fun is more important than the what. And I think right. when you focus exactly. on the fun, you'll discover yeah, why. The fun of it and what makes, you know, that spark or that get person get excited. And it may be you sitting down and playing Mario Kart because you've never had the time, you know, or it may be binge watching a series that they love because, you know, it's just been too much of a commitment for you to sit down. But now it's like, I've got the time. I want to watch your favorite series and they're happy to watch it again or, you know, whatever that is. And then, and then alternately too, the Mario Kart's kind of reminded me in the video games, you know, they may be needing video games online to connect with their friends like that. So maybe that's something in some families they don't feel comfortable with in the past, like, oh, they can't play video games because they have homework and different things they have to be doing in school. But, um, but 
that's a really great way for them to stay connected with their friends. And so see it not as screen time or whatever, see it as this time where they're connecting with their friends and doing something they enjoy. And, and we want to keep that focus on fun so that we can keep the stress down and just, you know, get everybody through this time. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a great point is finding ways, like if your child is interested in and missing connections with their friends, find ways to do that. Like Lissy and I were just talking this morning about um, a way we can connect more with all of us in one space and play some games together and stuff, right? While she's isolated in there. I mean, and, and we all are here, but we've got other people as well. Um, right. So, you know, there are lots of things out there. You, rather than just pulling out the, no, we can't, we have to stay home, we can't go see them, be a little bit more creative about it. There are other ways to connect with people and make that a priority. Figure that out. Install that software or whatever it is, you know, to help them meet those needs, right? Because we were talking about the behaviors come from the needs. And if you can go down to the needs and satisfy those, help them satisfy those, help them explore ways to satisfy those. You're also giving them so much self-confidence when they see that there's more than one way to do something, to accomplish something. Maybe, you know, being at school isn't the only way for them to talk to their friends, right? There are other ways. And in this time, we can figure out other ways to do that. You know, there's just so many possibilities when you have the time to look and be creative, right? For sure. Uh, The other piece I just wanted to mention when we were talking about stuff is, is, and you kind of alluded to it, kids who have um, some more, have higher energy levels, right? They like to, like to move more. Um, It's just also important to try and put in some of those kinds of activities, Right. So whether like you mentioned scavenger hunts and, you know, running around that, that is lots of fun. Um, you know, you can, I remember when we used tape on the carpet in the basement to make like a hopscotch grid. Yeah. I was going to say, and we did obstacle courses, like kind of in the, you know, that we used silly things that they could jump over and hop around and then you could take it and move it all back, you know, but, but, um, but just fun, you know, little physical things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even you know, jumping on a bed for a while, you know, if you don't have a trampoline, it's okay. They can jump on the bed for a while. Maybe you can do some wrestling, um, just things that will get their blood pumping a little bit. That will will really help them release some of that energy, whether it's pillow fights or, you know, even jumping jacks. There's lots of yoga videos, lots of kids exercise videos that you can find on YouTube, too. Even just putting on the music and declaring a dance party for the next. I was going to say dance party because, you know, that's really fun. And, you know, they laugh at the parents dancing, but it's just a fun, you know, energy. And again, it just it you can feel it change the energy of a room, just laughing, dancing, you know, everybody, each person gets to pick their favorite song. So you're going to have a range and people are going to laugh at the pick, you know, the song that's picked and just fun stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I just wanted to take a moment to reiterate that it is really okay at this time to just be together, right? To relax, to have fun, to read stories, play games, watch movies. It's an opportunity for parents and kids to get to know each other on a deeper level, right? Because now all of a sudden we have that time. 
We can rediscover our interests, explore things that we find interesting, and share that with each other, right? Like even as parents, if your kids are a bit older, you'll have some time too, maybe. Depends on how, if you're working from home or whatever. But you too can have that time to explore your interests a bit and share them. Like you said, when that check-in point, right? Mm-hmm. Come check in, say what you've been up, even if it's work stuff. I just, you know, finished a bunch of phone calls. It, you know, what, whatever you can share about that, just so that, you know, everybody's realizing what that life is going on for each person and understanding a bit more about them and what they're doing. It's a chance to build those deeper connections in your family and to make memories. I love that you've been mentioning that throughout the pocket. This is the moment to make great memories. If, if you look through that lens, and these will be things that will be remembered for years. Like you said, this is a moment that everybody's going to remember, right? Mm-hmm. So we can, do, we can choose to do our best to make these good memories for our kids and for ourselves. And in the bigger picture, I think looking at that time through the relationship, the, the lens of strengthening our relationships, right, embracing our relationships with our kids and making those good memories is going to be so much more valuable, you know, moving forward. Just imagine all the things we're going to learn about each other and understand, even sibling to sibling, right, and between parent and child is going to be so much more valuable moving forward than just staying in that stew of frustration and stress because it's there. We all feel that uncertainty. It's there. We don't know where things are going. We don't have to bring that into every moment of our day either for the, for the next while, right? We can choose to flip the way we want to engage in our days with our kids, right? absolutely (laughs) I I mean I'm just looking at it as a gift and I know that it's you know it's difficult times but I feel like we can we just get to choose how we are in that moment and we get to choose how we're embracing this and you know I think that's where our power lies is just in you know at least taking our moment and our little slice and piece and making it as joyful as we can that's beautiful thank you so much Anna for taking the time to speak with me I really appreciate it good to see you have a wonderful rest of the day yep bye bye I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey and be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes the conversations never go out of date And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.